lottery, I would, this is what I would do. You know, you kind of daydream about it. I've even bought, like, I think, I think the first time it went over a billion dollars, I actually did buy a lotto ticket. And it was like, it was kind of like a dollar or whatever, a couple dollars of entertainment, right? Of just thinking about what would I do with that amount of money? What would I do with a billion dollars, you know? But how much, how much is, is your, your number? Like, what's your amount? How much money would be enough money? It's kind of interesting to think about because money, money is, is, is a powerful thing, isn't it? Let me, let me illustrate. Okay, I have two pieces of paper here in my pocket. Okay, one of them is a $100 bill that looks like this. They're so cool looking these days. And then the other one is this. And if I was to walk up to you, Tyler, and I'm going to hand you one of these pieces of paper, what happens when I go like this versus like this? Yeah, yeah, back here, Mary's reaching out forward to take it from you. By the way, I'm not going to give anybody money today, but you should have seen the look in Tyler's eyes just now with a $100 bill coming towards him. You know why? Because money's powerful. And it's kind of funny because it's just paper, right? But these two pieces of paper are very different from each other, are they not? One is powerful and one is not. Why is that? What is that? I want us to think about that today. We're going to talk about wealth and money today because there, I think part of the reason why money is so important is because this piece of paper has a message that this paper, piece of paper does not have. And the message is just simply this. Go ahead and put that on the board. All you need is me, baby. <laughs> That's the message of money. The message of money is all, all you need, all you need, Tyler, is this. Uh, and and, and in, in Tyler's defense, how old are you, Tyler? In Tyler's 12, okay. In Tyler's defense, a 12-year-old can do a lot with this. Uh, let's, say, let's, let's be honest. I'll be honest with you, Tyler. Can you, you and I, if we went to Bass Pro with $100, you and I would have a great time. We each had 100 bucks. What are you going to spend on you? What are you going to buy, you know? Because I know you like to fish. I know you like that kind of stuff. And honestly, like, I get into a Bass Pro, and I, I've told you guys this before. It's so silly. But I get into a Bass Pro, and, it's, and, and there's something, there's this little voice inside of me that goes like this. Everything I need to be happy is right here. And you're laughing at me because it's laughable. That's the most absurd statement in the world. Like, like honestly, everything in, in, in the one store is all that Josh Donoff needs to be happy? I don't actually believe that, but I'd sure heck like to try sometime. I'd love that chance. Why? Because money, money, pow, stuff, it's powerful. It tugs on our hearts. There's just something about it that, that's powerful to us. There's something about it that, that, that draws us in. And money, money, the message behind money is all you need is me. And if you had me, life would be better. See, we're in this series, and we're calling it More. And it's, a ser it's really a series about life. And, and really, it's a series about the different... I'm going to put this money down because it's going to be distracting. It's really a series about there's different kinds of life in life. And we talk about, like, you know, there's weeks where we have at the end of the week, we're like, that was life. And then there was, like, there's weeks where it's just like, yeah, I was just kind of living. I was just kind of going through the motions. 
Some, some weeks are really, really satisfying, and some weeks are just another week, right? And what is the difference? And, and we've, we've been talking about the two Greek words for, for life. One is bios or bios, and one is zoe or zoe. And maybe you've seen these before, you know, like, you know, like bios is biology, zoe is, is, a, is a popular word. Like, you know, I've seen tattoos of zoe because it's this idea of, of not just physical life but spiritual life. And we've talked about how there's different kinds of life and that God joins us on our pursuit and our quest for life. That God wants us to have life and have it abundantly. That's one of the things that Jesus said when he came. And so we talked about how there's different kinds of life and, and really um, how life, like, like so, uh, well, so bios, we, we experience bios anytime, like, go ahead and just take a deep breath right now. You just experience bios life. Oxygen entered into your lungs, which entered into your bloodstream, which allowed to do whatever oxygen does in your bloodstream. I don't know. But, like, that's, it, it gave you life for the next few seconds or minutes. It, you're going to go and eat lunch after this, and you're going to get life from that. You'll go, maybe you'll do something physical today, an activity that just makes you feel alive, even though you might feel dead at the end of it. You're like, that's still, that's still, there's some life in there, some bios. You're experiencing bios life. Oh, how else do we experience bios? We've talked about it. How else, what else is there? Um, yeah, oh, when you feel powerful. I like this one a lot. Like when you feel capable, when you learn something new, when you find all of a sudden, students, when you find that in your, there's a subject you're like, particularly good at. That's a bios kind of thing. Like, I can actually learn. I can get I'm smarter than other people than this. I can maybe do something with this in life. That's all bios. That's all. Everybody, everybody gets bios in life. Everybody is born into bios. The question is, is will we experience Zoe? And Zoe, we've experienced Zoe, tastes of Zoe, all of us, when, when, when you're accepted by somebody. When you, when you, have you, if you ever get something off of your chest, you come clean, and then, you know, all of a sudden, somebody who, who see, that you tell somebody you, something you did wrong, and they accept you and love you, even though they know that. That's Zoe. That's this, it's like a more spiritual thing. And ultimately, Zoe is, is we, we, we experience the most amount of Zoe life, and this makes perfect sense, when we're connected to the author of life. See, God created life in such a way that all of us have Zoe, and we're, when we're born, we kind of just grow. The Zoe is this orange on the chart. It goes up, 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 and we grow, and there comes a time where physically or mentally or, you know, like, like our bios hits a peak or a plateau, and then it slowly declines over time. And, and eventually, we will run out of bios, no matter what we can do, no matter how much we try to keep it, no matter how healthy we live, no matter how healthy we eat, no matter what we do to keep our mind sharp, our bios will fade. What's interesting is, is there's different kinds of life. God gives us both. God has a favorite. I base this on just basically how things are set up because bios is meant to, to, to come, you know, like to, to increase to plateau and then to fade. It's, that's the way of life. Every living thing goes through that in this wor world, and especially us as humans. But there's, Zoe is different. Zoe life, if we choose to step into it, has a way of actually increasing over time. If we, we put effort into not just eating well, uh, you know, like getting good things for our bios, 
But if we actually put time and energy, and that's what we talked about a couple weeks ago, time and energy into our zoe, our zoe can actually increase as our bios decreases. And some of you have experienced that. The older we are, the more you know this is true. Your body fades, and that's okay. Like sometimes it sucks, some, day, some days it sucks, and some days you're like, no, this is okay. This is the way of life, and your soul is okay with it because you're experiencing the newness. You're being renewed in Christ every day. That's what God offers to us. And the question is, will we choose it? All of us will experience bios today. The question is, will we choose to pursue Zoe? Will, will we choose to pursue the, the, the life that, that God wants us to truly have. And honestly, when it comes to your life, look at me, look at me. That question is maybe the number one question hanging over our lives. I think all of heaven is looking down on us on earth and saying, yes, they're going to have fun. They're going to go skiing. They're going to experience bios. They're going to have some great meals, some great laughs. They'll even have great connection with each other. But will they, in the end, choose true life? Life that can't be taken away from you or from me. It's in a sense, it's like the greatest, the greatest question hanging over us. Here's the thing: going back to wealth, I felt compelled from the very beginning of like like laying out this sermon series that I wanted to talk about money when it comes to life because you and I, when it comes to life, we fall into the trap and the message of of money being, all you need is me, baby. All you need is a little bit more of me. All you need is a little bit more and a little bit more. And here's what's interesting. Going back to the first question I asked you, okay? What's your amount? What's your number? How much money is enough money, right? If I had asked you that question, adults in the room, kids, hang on for a second. Adults in the room, if I had asked you that question 10 years ago, what would that number have been? It probably was different. Do you remember when everybody talked about being a millionaire? Adults? Like, that was a big deal. Oh, he's a millionaire. Now it's not a million. You need a B now. You need a billionaire to be impressed. You know, I mean, you know, what, you know what I'm saying? But, like, like, we don't sing songs about being millionaires anymore. The songs are now about billionaires. And here's my point when it comes to wealth. This is a lie. All you need is me, baby. Just, just try that. And what the thing about wealth and riches and money is the more you lean on it, the more it moves. The more you say, no, 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 I just need, I just need. And, and some, of you, some of you are making more money now than you've ever thought you would make. And I, when I asked you the question, how much money do you need, you didn't say, I got it. Because there's a part of us that still believes the lie. All you need is me, baby. You just need a little bit more. You just need a little bit more. I, I remember I, I, I got, I was blessed. Um, Christy and I both were blessed in our early 20s to work for some of the wealthiest people that we know. Like work hand in hand, like work for them. And it dispelled a lot of wealth. I remember I was working at this one place for this family. And, the, and this is the wealthiest family I know. And I'm working with the, and their kids are like my kids' age now. They're like, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14, somewhere in that range. And I remember them talking about somebody else in the neighborhood that they lived in that they were rich. And I kid you not, the name of that family was the Joneses. 
They were trying, like, like, here's, this is the wealthiest family I know, and they were trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're like, oh, you know, like, and they weren't saying this, but in a sense, they're saying, we're not wealthy. This is wealthy. And that's the thing about wealth. Like, like, rich is never us. It's someone over there. But there was a time, especially if you're an adult, that maybe you were making enough money now that you would have called that rich, but it's not rich now because you're there. That was really confusing. Do you understand that? It's because wealth, it, when you lean on it, it moves. It's, it's, you ever heard the phrase carrot on a string? It's just, it's right there. You can just grab it and you're just going. And the problem is, is that, that, that'll take, when you're chasing a carrot on a string, you're going in a direction, and that direction is not necessarily leading you to life. Because here, here's an insight. Here's an insight. Oh, actually, before, don't put that up yet. Leave that. Here, here's what I know about you. I'm just going to take a guess. So your number your number of how much money you want to be, you know, like how much you, to be, it was not, un, it wasn't unlimited money. I'm just guessing, but just like, 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 raise your hand if it wasn't a gazillion dollars. Raise your hand if it wasn't like, you, raise your hand, everybody raise your hand if you didn't want, to, I said how much money is enough money. How, raise your hand if it, you did not want to be the richest person in the world. Raise your hand. Like, like, your answer was not, I, didn't, I, want, I don't want all of it. Why is that? Why is it, be, my guess is your number puts you, might somewhere put you in like the average, well, like, like I'm rich. You know, I, if I had this money, I'd be rich, but I'd be like average rich. I wouldn't be filthy rich. Because no, I don't want to be filthy rich. Even that phrase, what does that mean? What does that say about wealth? Oh, I don't want to be filthy rich. If, I'll tell you what filthy rich is. If, if you heard of somebody making enough, like, if you, you, like, think of the richest person you own, you own, you know, and you ask them how much money they made, and say you're, like, say you're, like, I, you know, I don't know, you're, like, a billion, you're, like, a billionaire, and like, no, 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 no I'm not a billionaire. <laughs> like, half a billion. Don't be crazy. And to us, you know, like, if you're not a, like, to us, it'd be like, what does it matter? 500 million or 1,000 million? Give me either of them. You know, like, like the, it, that's, that's somebody who's filthy rich. But here's the thing. You don't want unlimited amounts of money. And here's why. Because money causes problems, and it will change your life in a way that you don't want. Going back to the lotto thing, I remember thinking and daydreaming about the billion dollars if I won. And I said to Chrissy, and this is so funny because I get philosophical sometimes. I was like, no, Chrissy, if we win this lottery ticket, we have to give it all away. And she's like, okay. I was like, no, all of it away. She's like, okay. And she's like, why? It will ruin our life. It will change our lives. You won't know who your friends are. You won't, like, like, like I don't know if I can handle that amount of wealth. There's, see, all of us know what I'm talking about right here. We want to be average rich, not filthy rich. And here's what this tells me about money. And here's a truth that we know. While, go ahead, put that up. While money can enhance your life, unlimited money does not equal your best life. This is something we all know. The fact that you didn't choose unlimited amounts of money on your, how much money you want, it makes this true. Well, well, it, you know this to be true. While money can enhance your life, yeah, a little bit more money, that would enhance my life. Unlimited money will not equal my best life. Isn't that interesting? 
And so this is the premise I'm working off of today. I promise we're going to get to the Bible. This is, it's a great verse we're going to look at today. Put the next slide up. Here's the premise that I'm working on. Pursuing money can leave you bankrupt. Pursuing money, there's a way to pursue money. And we all know this true. We know all know rich people who are absolutely miserable. And it's, a lot of it has to do with the wealth and the way that they pursued wealth, right? Pursuing money can leave you bankrupt. The question is, where's the line? And the question is, you, you and I need money to survive. That, I mean, we, we, like, uh, not saying go quit your jobs and, you know, live, see what happens. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just wondering, where's the line? And how good are you and I, how good are, would you and I be at, at, at discerning where that line is? Because there's something dangerous over there, and we should probably stay away from it. The question is, where is it? Where is that line? Now, the Bible has so much to say about money and wealth and the pursuit of money and wealth that it, it, you can't call yourself a Christian. Like, if you, if you consider yourself a Christian and you're serious about, like, you know, I want to follow Christ, I, I want to be godly, you, you can't, the re, we, have to, we have to preach sermons like this. We have to talk about it because the Bible talks about it all the time. Money all the time. In fact, Jesus was, was so outspoken about wealth. It, it's, it's insane. I heard it once said that, like, if you add up how much Jesus talked about heaven, hell, sex, and one other thing, it doesn't equal how much he talked about money. He talked about money more than all of those put together. And you know, what's interesting is as much as he was concerned about money, he wasn't concerned about money at all. He couldn't have been more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like, like it, he, he just didn't care about it. It was like he didn't care about it at all. Ap he, he was almost apathetic about money for himself. But when it came about the money for other people, he was very outspoken about it because he, he'd say things like this, where your, your heart is, your treasure is as well. He also said this at one point in time. He's like, uh, uh, man cannot serve both God and, and I've always, I've always thought like, what if, what if our Bibles were fill in the blank and not, it didn't have all the words and we had to fill in some of the blanks and that was blank. You cannot serve God and evil, the Satan, you know, like the, you think you put that in that blank and no, Jesus says you cannot serve both God and money. It's one or the other, and to the point where, like, Jesus, why is it so important? It's, the reason is it's because where your treasure is, Jesus would say, the reason I'm so concerned about money is I don't want it. In fact, it, it, we're pretty sure that he was homeless, that he didn't have really any material possessions besides the cloak on his back. It seemed like that was true. What, there's one, only one time that Jesus was actually uh, recorded, hold, you know, like, in, possessing money, and it was somebody who said, hey, should we pay taxes? And Jesus is like, give me that coin. And he's holding the coin. He says, whose face is on here, God or Caesar's? And he said, Caesar's. He's like, give to Caesar what is Caesar. Or give to God what is God. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Hand back the, hands back the coin. He was not smitten by money at all, but he talked about it all the time. Why? Because he knew that what we treasure most, that's where our hearts will be. And if we, pr we pursue money, we might pursue money in this way and buy into the lie. That's all we need. And it will take us away 
from our heavenly Father. And so he was outspoken about it. His followers were also outspoken about it. And today I want us to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you have your Bible, grab one. There's Bibles all around. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And again, we're talking about how money is this carrot on a string and how it takes, it takes us in a direction, and that direction can lead us away from God. And basically what, what Paul is saying here in 1 Timothy 6 is he's like, there's a better way. There's a better way to live life. And he starts off, is, it, is somebody there, um, 1 Timothy 6 in the church Bibles? What, what uh, page is it on? 558. Timothy says that, or Paul says this to his friend Timothy. He's writing this. He says, now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And this is, this is the key verse. We're, we're starting off with the key verse. We're not working our way to it. This is the key verse. This is the big verse I want you to take away from today. It's almost like an equation. Godliness plus contentment equals gain. And honestly, the gain he's talking about here, because this is the Bible, this is, this is Paul, he wants, this is, a, this is a wise, spiritual, godly man. And when he's talking about gain in life, do you think he's talking about bios or zoe? No, he, 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 he's talking about zoe. He's saying, no, no, no. You, yeah, w w there's lots of ways you can gain bios. If you really want to gain zoe, godliness plus contentment, that's the path. That, 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 and here's, here's a little bit of what he means. Godliness means pretty simple, being like God. You're, you're living your life in a way that you're trying to pursue being like him. You're thinking about how you date someone. You're like, I want to be like God. You're thinking about what it means to be a middle school student. I, I want to be like God. You're thinking about what college I want to go to and, and is, which one's the wise decision. What, I want to be like God. Uh, think about someone to marry. I want to be like God. It's just godliness. Just, just what does God have to say? I want to live God's way in life. That's all that godliness is. And we might not ever say, yeah, I'm a godly person. That might be a word we would distance ourselves from. But the more you're just trying to be like him, the more godly you are. Take that plus contentment. Contentment is, oh, it's just good to be me. Contentment is, I, I, I don't have everything, but I love what I have. That's contentment. There's a, there's a really good quote. I think it's from Socrates, but I've, I've read maybe it's not from Socrates, but let's just go with Socrates for a minute. He who is richest is, is the one who's content with the least. The one who's the richest is the one who's content with the least. And that kind of echoes what Paul is saying here. Godliness plus contentment, if you can get that, congratulations. You're winning in life. You're winning in life. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, come on, come on, come on. Do you want this? If I could, if I could hand this to you, like let's say, <laughs> let's say, let's say one of these things is a hundred dollar bill, 
And then the other one, this blank piece of paper, is actually certificate for godliness plus contentment. Which one would you choose? Hands down, you want this. You want, uh, be content for the rest of your life. Paul says that's of great gain. He goes on. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. In other words, Paul is saying our lives, our lives, all of our lives, and this is true, are bookended with no things. Nothing. Not nothingness, but no things. We carry nothing into this world, and, and, and we, carry not, we come in with nothing, and we carry nothing out. It's, it's, it's similar to, the, to put it onto our timeline. If this isn't life, but this is stuff now, if we put stuff here going up, we enter the world with stuff, and then we exit without. Right? And stuff is cool. Dude, honestly, like, you know the phrase that money can't buy happiness? I totally disagree. I 100% disagree. Like, again, Tyler, me, 100 bucks, Bass Pro, happy day. It just is. And you, everybody laughs when I say it, but you have your own thing. What would it be? You'd be happy, at least for the day. Money can buy happiness for a little bit. And, and, and here's the thing. As we get better, as we get more bios in life, we become more powerful, we get smarter, we know how to use our smarts, and we start feeling good, we, we also accumulate stuff. And it's easy to think that stuff plus bios equals life. But the reality is we have to remember bios increases, it plateaus, it decreases. Our stuff, we enter the world with nothing, we get some more, and then all of, a sudden one day, all of a sudden one day our kids are like, Mom, Dad, you got way too much stuff in your basement. And I don't want to have to take care of that stuff. And so we need to get rid of it because guess what? You can't take it with you. There's no, there's no U-Hauls behind hearses. You've heard that one before. As Paul's just saying, hey, reminder of the arc of life and where true life lies. We brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we are carrying nothing out. And then he says this, and having food, what verse is this? This is verse 10, I think. No, verse, uh, verse 8. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Now, here, here, look at me. What Paul is not saying is, all, if you have food and clothing, you will be content. He's making a very, very bold statement that, in a sense, only a guy like Paul can make. He's basically saying, do you know that you could be happy with just food and clothing? Like, like do you know that? Everybody look at me. Do you know that you could be happy and content with just food and clothing? It, it just enough food and enough clothing and nothing else. That is, I, I know that in my head. I don't know that in my heart. My heart's like, no. All I need is, is, is this, more of this, and then I'll be happy. But that's, that's a lie, too. We've all experienced that. Like, you buy a new pair of shoes, and you're like, these things are the greatest. And then, like, two years later, you're like, I hate these shoes. These things in our, our pockets are so, like, it, you, you remember, like, the first updates on smartphones where it was, like, it was, like, three times the phone every time you updated it was like, this thing is so cool. And now we use them as doorstops. The, the, the phone that you got in 2015, where is it? Do you even know? There was a time where for like a week, that was like your favorite thing. It comes 
And it goes. But in the meantime, Paul's saying, do you know? You don't need any of that to be happy. That with food and clothing, with these we shall be content. That we can be. It's po- Did you know it's possible to be content? And then you say, how, how is that? With godliness. A life close to God with little is, is, is a good life. It's all we need. And then he goes to say this. For those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. Lust means you want something you don't have. Which drown men in destruction, and I love this word, and perdition. Here's a challenge for you. Use use the word perdition with your friends in your conversation next week. (laughs) Perdition means a final statement of spiritual ruin. That's, I had to look it up, and I found that definition. I was like, that's it. A final destination, a final state of spiritual ruin. That's what perdition is. Paul is saying, there are people that desire riches, and they fall into the temptation, into the snare. What's a snare? It's a trap. And into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Meaning that, that they think that, the, that life is truly found by getting wealthy, getting riches. And they forsake Zoe. And in the end, there's nothing left. A final state of spiritual ruin. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You've heard this, maybe you've heard that, that verse before. The love of money. Not money. Money is not the root of all evil. Money, the love of money is the, the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves. I want you, it's a mental picture. Picture somebody piercing themselves with a knife. That's what chasing after wealth can lead us to do. It's, it's, it's ironic. They want, we want good things for ourselves. We want bios life, and we can get a lot of bios life with money. But in the end, it's just piercing ourselves because it's not actually leading towards the true life. Pierce themselves through with many sorrows. And then Paul changes the tone. He says, but you, everybody look at me, but you, you, There's a better way. You and I don't have to live that. We don't have to to be that story. But you, O man of God, he's speaking to his friend Timothy, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. But you, Colorado Life Church, but you, Chris Donna, flee these things. You, Chris Jackson, you flee these things. You know what the opposite of flee is? Just wait and figure it out, see what happens. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Money's kind of like bad, you know, like it can lead me to, to lean on it in a way that, that, that makes me not trust God, but I, I'd like to try. That's the opposite of flee. Just, I like the chance. 
And, and this is the honest truth. The honest truth is we look at people who are rich and their wealth has ruined them, and, they, and we, just, we judge them, not the wealth. We judge them and say, well, yeah, but they're kind of, they're just doing it wrong. If I was that wealthy, how many of you have ever thought that? Like, anytime you see somebody wealthier than you and, and the way they use their money is strange to you. You'd be like, that is dumb. If I was wealthy, this is what I would do with it. I wouldn't buy that, that, I wouldn't buy that car. A jet, that is such a waste of money. I would buy, you know, what, you know like, and we would replace it because we think we're smarter. Come on, church, let's be honest. They're pretty smart. A lot of times they're pretty smart. That's what made them wealthy, right? And they didn't go into it wanting to pierce themselves, but it ended up in them, with them hurting themselves. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Are we going to be all that different? Or, or, and, and when it comes to money, do, are, are we willing to flee? Not just be like, oh, I'll check it out, but flee that side of things. And pursue, what's the list? And this is a list of things that will lead to Zoe. Pursue righteousness, that is right living, doing what is right. Godliness, we already talked about that. Faith, love, patience, gentleness. These are the things that lead to life. I want us to do something here. And uh, Luke, can you, there's a pile of papers back there and some pencils. I'm actually going to give you two minutes. And in those two minutes, I want everybody to do this. Students, I want you to do this as well. I want you to write down on this piece of paper your five main pursuits in life right now. This is a good exercise. This is just good to do. If you're not a Christian, you're not sure what you believe about this, you're not sure what I'm saying is true, this is still a really good thing to do. Just write down categorically, what are the five main things that you are per, in pursuit of in life? What are, you know, another way to answer it, what do you desire in life? And not just what, what do you desire, but what is, what is actually taking your time? What, what is actually, and here's, here's another way to look at this. I love doing this. If aliens were to audit your life, if aliens were to come down, they know nothing about you. And they were to look at your pursuits, and, and they were to write down on this piece of paper what you are pursuing, what would they write down? Sometimes that's better, because there's, there's what we want, and then there's actually what we're pursuing. What are you actually pursuing? What are the five things that you are pursuing in life? And here's the thing. I, this is not me trying to get, there isn't a gotcha waiting for you at the end of this. Just answer the question. I'm not, I'm not looking to trap you and be like, that's stupid. No, 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 no. I, want, like, I think it's best. What, honestly, what are the five main things that you are pursuing in your life right now? List them on this piece of paper. I'm going to give you a minute of silence to do so.
Take another 30 seconds. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that good to do? If you haven't finished, go, I, I encourage you when you go home to take some time and, and finish this exercise. But looking at what you, look at that list. Look what you have on your list. To what extent does money truly help you get what you really want in these pursuits? To what extent would money help in getting what, what you really truly want out of life in what you're pursuing right now? Okay? And how might it hinder? Is it possible that money actually might hinder what you really want or money, your pursuit of money is hindering and competing with these other pursuits? Here's another question, and maybe I should have started with this one, but are these really what you want? The pursuits that are on that list, is that truly what you want? Is that, another way to look at it is, will those pursuits lead you to Zoe? What, what role does God have in those desires and your pursuits? It's a good question, isn't it? If, if Another way to ask this, if you truly got what you wanted, what you're pursuing right now, would it lead to the life that you really, truly desire? And if not, what do you need to change? What do you need to, to use Paul's word, flee from and replace with a different pursuit if you got everything that you desired on that, all that you're pursuing on that, that page, would you be the person that you want to be? And if not, what do you, what do you want to change? Write down that change. Write down what you'd like to see differently. Because this is the series. We're, this is where we're landing the plane. This is how we're ending the series. I, my goal is to just point us in the direction of Zoe and just give us a good shove towards it. Just, just get us on the right foot of walking towards life abundantly, true life, the life that you and I were created for, but we have to choose to step into. And that's, what I, that's all I want to do. I wanna, and I, I think today I'm just going to leave you with that. I wanted to leave you with just assessing your pursuits. Do you like them? Do you like where they'll take you? Will they lead to the life that you want? And if not, what might you need to change? What might you need to flee? And what might you need to take on and pursue more of? I love what's happening right now because nobody's listening to me. Everybody's writing. And that's great. Because it's your turn. Only you can step into the life that God created us have and it's life through him we try to do it without him <laughs> it just ends in woe but what's your pursuit 
And where are you going? Let's pray. Oh, God, I thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace with us, and maybe most of all today, your patience. I know I've, uh, this idea of, of piercing my, I, I've pierced myself so many times trying to get good things in life, and I just end up hurting myself in the end. I'm sorry. Thank you for, for, your, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thanks for your patience. And I pray that, that whatever you're doing in the hearts of my friends here, that it would stick. It'd be stuck in our heads as we walk out this door, as, as we go and we pursue things in life. Lord, you've created us to, to be incredible beings that can actually pursue things. And I pray that the, at the heart of all of our pursuits would be you, the author of life. Lord, some of us are, um, we're wealthy. We are blessed and cursed with wealth. I pray that you would guide us in wisdom. And Lord, that we would be able to, to be bold enough, strong enough, have the courage to actually maybe give some of that wealth away. And, and just not have it hinder us, not have it have a hold on us anymore. I pray that wherever you take us, Lord, that you we would we, you would be right next to us, that we would choose to be right next to you, the Author of Life. Pray all this in your name, Amen. Let's stand, and we have two songs that we're.